1: Odyssey in Cleveland, 92.3, the fan, the Browns beat reporter, also a host. You can hear him in there doing a lot of different things. It's Daryl writer at writer, wrong F a N on Twitter. Daryl, always good to talk to you, man. Thanks for doing this with us tonight. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. So, um, This is a game that's going to be kind of reminiscent to a lot of people of the 2007 Bill's Browns snow game in Cleveland. What was your role at the time? Were you in the business? Were you covering the Browns at the time? Were you going to games as a fan? What were you doing? I covered that game. I remember that game. I remember that game
2: like it was yesterday. The Browns, of course, won uh, eight to nothing. Uh, Phil Dawson hit a a two improbable field goals because it was, it was a blizzard. I mean, they, they were using brooms. shovels, (laughs) leaf blowers, anything they could to clear the, the, the markers. So they knew like where the actual football field was because it was so covered in snow. Uh, And, and it's probably the greatest field goal that I've ever witnessed. Phil Dawson boomeranging home, a 49 yard field goal. That's literally skid across the crossbar and took a bunch of snow with it <laughs> as it went through. And then of course uh, the safety, the, the the snap that went over the punter's head uh, and he had to frantically scramble uh, and, and kick it out of the end zone. So, yeah, I mean, that was a, a wild wild game and looks like the bills get to host their own version of a snowball
3: yeah, it's unbelievable that there are so many stinkers between these two teams and they don't even play each other that often that I had to think back to which stinker you were talking about, because at first I thought it was the 6-3 game. And then I'm like, no, yes. not the 6-3 game, the 8 nothing game, not to be confused. Daryl. what's the general vibe right now in Cleveland? Because obviously I know the Deshaun comeback is going to take a lot of the attention. But up until that point, what have you seen from the team this far into the season?
2: Well, I mean, they're just wildly inconsistent. The offense has certainly done their part to help them win games, but it's unfortunately not been enough. And the defense just has not been what many people expected. They finished last year so strong after the Patriots took them to the woodshed in Foxborough. They just somehow flipped the switch and they ended the season really, really strong while the offense with a beat up Baker Mayfield was just kind of limping to the finish, so to speak. Whereas, you know, this year, God, they, you know, they, they blew a game against the jets in week two. They were up uh, 30 to 17. Nick Chubb scores the, the, the touchdown and you're thinking, thinking that just the ice is the cake. And the defense just completely caves. You got to blame the special teams unit a little bit too, because they couldn't recover an onside kick, which is like football one one with today's rules. It's, it's just, it's an aberration when onside kicks get recovered today because of the way uh, the, the rules are written. So they blew that game. They come back, they beat the Steelers. They go to Atlanta, they blow that game. Um, and the run defense, that was the first time the run defense really fell apart. The Falcons just ran it right down their throat. 10 play touchdown drive in the third quarter, allowed Atlanta to really take control of that game. Uh, the chargers came in with one of the worst rushing, uh, uh, numbers in the league. They run it down the Browns throat. Four of the last six games, the Browns have allowed, uh, 150 plus yards on the ground. And not surprisingly, they're 0-4 in those games. So it's just the, 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 the uh, New England took it to them. Uh, that was really the only bad game Jacoby Brissett has played. He had a couple of interceptions and a fumble. Um, but if you would have told me going into the season, guys, that nine games in, Jacoby Brissett's only going to cost you one game with his play, right? Yeah, right. Signed me up for that yesterday. Mm. So it is really disappointing that this team comes in now three and six. Their season's basically over because they've got five losses within the AFC. The Ravens are about to run away with the AFC North again. So there's really no mathematical equation out there other than everybody in the AFC goes in the tank down the stretch and the Browns almost went out. I, you know, to get the, they can lose one more game. Uh, Of their remaining games, and let's be honest about it. Based on what I've seen through nine games, there is no way that is happening.
1: And I think going into the season, it was, "Hey, let's stay afloat until Deshaun comes back." I mean, that's almost even written off as well, right? So, what does it look like now? And can you kind of give us everybody an update uh, on what you know the situation is with him returning to practice timelines and things like that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it absolutely was just keep the boat afloat. And and again, going into the season, I had felt. Hey, you know, Jacoby's probably going to be the weak link here. He's he, and this is why the Browns made the trade for Deshaun Watson, giving up those six draft picks, three of those first rounders, breaking out the checkbook, 230 million, fully guaranteed over five years. The criticisms that they have taken publicly uh, because of uh, the civil lawsuits that were filed against Deshaun, the 11 game disciplinary settlement with the league, $5 million fine. Like it was just keep the boat afloat until this guy gets back. And then he's going to be the, I don't want to say savior, but he was the missing piece, right? Baker was the problem last year. Quarterback play was the problem last year. Had they had... You know, better quarterback play, they would have won more games and made the playoffs and things like that. Now you have people talking themselves into, well, you know, if Deshaun had started some of these games early in the season, those four losses by one, two, or three points that they have on the schedule, well, Deshaun wins those games. He would have been the difference maker. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, well, okay, that that's reasonable to say. Jacoby didn't stink to join up in those games either. Like he had done his part. Uh, As far as Watson's timeline goes, he started practice on Wednesday. Uh, That was his first practice since August 30th. Quite frankly, he threw the football on air. Okay. That that's what we got to see. Um, uh, What I observed, he was the third or fourth quarterback taking reps. Basically he was the last guy in line. And that's why the video I posted, Uh, sarcastically, I said, here's your Deshaun Watson throwing footballs video. Y'all been just, you know, begging to see for the last couple of months. Here is literally him throwing the ball, and you see him running to the other end of the field where he throw, you know, take his turn, throw it back the other way, run back down the field, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Um, he's in line to be fully reinstated November 28th. And then he will start December 4th, the ultimate troll job by the NFL. Yep. Houston yeah, against his former team. Yeah. Uh, Texans. So, uh, he's close, uh, two more weeks. Uh, you know, they got the bills and then of course the, the Buccaneers will follow. And then, uh, the Deshaun Watson era officially
1: begins. And I just uh, want to tell everybody, you can find that video at right or wrong FAN on Twitter. But of course, Daryl is the host of it's always game day in Cleveland. And he joins us here on it's always game day in Buffalo.
3: I don't know what you guys are talking about. That was just a coincidence that he was coming back against the Texans. <laughs> it had nothing to do with any of that. Daryl, why is the defense struggling? Because there's a lot of big names on the defense. And I was of the belief going into the season. Obviously I'm a lot more far removed than most people, but I'm like, wow, the Browns got a good defense. If Jacoby Brissett can kind of just be okay, they probably can still be in it at the end of the year, but it feels like they've lost a lot of games, not because of the offense, but because of the defense. 100%. Um I don't know why the defense is
2: struggling. To be perfectly honest with you, I'd love to just sit here and run down like the you know A B C D E F and G because it's everything. One week it's the run defense. The next week it's miscommunication. The next week it's uh, assignments. The next week it's uh, technique. They're calling it, and I put that in quote air quote, yeah. you know, which is translation. Somebody keeps screwing up. Um, so I and Joe Woods has come under a tremendous amount of heat and. And I've actually kind of been a defender of Joe Woods. Like, look, he can't go out there and be where the all 11 guys are supposed to be. It's easy to blame him and say, fire him. But who the hell on the staffs going to take over the defense the rest of the way? And who's going to do a better job? Like, okay. Did Joe Woods suck calling the game against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? Like the Browns are like one of the few teams that have actually been able to at least keep Lamar and the Ravens in check. He only completed nine passes. I know the Browns lost by a field goal, but like, I just, uh, the Bengals game, you, uh, Joe Burrow lights the league up, not against the Browns at just 13, uh, you know, 13 points uh, on Halloween there. So I, I just, I'm not of the notion that Joe Woods is this moron and he can't call games. I think these guys are playing a, these big names. They're all playing individual football. And individual football is not winning football. Um, it's, it's just boring. Bill Belichick cliche stuff, but it's true. You got to do your one You got to do your job. Just focus on yourself and trust that those around you are going to do your job and I, I just i think that there's not a lot of trust on that side of the ball that people around them are going to do their job and that's why early in the season all of these blown coverage was we, we would see in the secondary and every week it was a new oh well communication well we got the communication fixed it's all squared away and then they blow more coverage well that's technique that's not communication we fixed that it's technique well either way people are screwing up and you're giving up big plays so and and now the run game is just gone to hell and that's twofold. One, they've lost two linebackers, uh, Jacob Phillips torn pack. Uh, and then, uh, Anthony Walker, uh, tore a bicep tendon, uh, in uh, week three against the Steelers. It was Thursday night game, uh, when he got stepped on. And so that's a big loss. And the reason that's a big loss is because they got a lot of inexperience in the defensive tackle. And that is an area that Andrew Barry, the EVP GM thought, well, we'll be fine. We're just going to get through this year. Part of the team building draft develop type deal with some of those guys. And they don't have a lot of defensive tackle. And that's why they're giving up the yardage. you see, they're starting to give up on the ground.
1: What about in this, in the secondary, as far as just the talent? Like, it seems like they have some talented players. You talk about technique and communication, all these things they blame it on, but it seems like they have the talent that they should not have those issues.
2: 100%. This is not a team and this is my greatest criticism of them. This is not a team that's in rebuild mode. And the other problem that they're going to have looking big picture, I know you're asking specifically right now, but big picture problem they have is, is, they don't have first round picks for a couple more years.
3: Mm-hmm. So, point. I mean, they, they,
2: they went all in with this roster because Deshaun Watson was the missing piece. And they you know, they invested in John Johnson, bringing him over from uh, the Rams uh, Denzel Ward, giving him a hundred million dollar contract extension, their 2018 fourth round pick, which I agree with. Yeah. I think when he's healthy, he's one of the best corners uh, in the NFL. Miles Garrett, who is now the, at least, on paper, officially, uh, the all-time sack leader for the franchise in just his, uh, was a seventh year or something like that. Six year, I believe for him, he was drafted first overall in 2017. Um, so the uh, Jadavian Clowney on the other side, those, those two guys, like I didn't, I don't even know if they played in Miami. Like I didn't even <laughs> notice them. Uh, and, um, that's not the part, like, that's just the reality. Like they barely register in the box score. just uh, a couple of tackles uh, between them combined. And that just isn't going to get it done. So yeah, I mean, they got some names they got some players, but names and players on paper don't always win games. And I think that the, you know, the Browns are kind of finding that out the hard way.
3: Daryl understanding that we don't really know how to predict the weather and what it's going to be like on Sunday at Highmark stadium. How do the Browns come in and win this game? What do they got to do to leave with a win turn and hand the ball to Nick
2: Chubb and Kareem hunt, There you go. which, Oh, by the way, is how the bills are probably going to have to win too. Right? I, I mean, going back to that, uh, that snowball in 2007, I, I think the bills threw it like 33 times in that game. And the wind was just howling and whipping around and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, it's just common sense when it's windy, you don't try and throw the football much. And especially if there's inches or, what is forecasted feet of snow on the ground. It was funny. A national reporter came to town uh, and was uh, talking to him uh, today. And they're, they're speaking about the, the forecast and they're like, yeah, I'm not used to snow. So how much is a lot? And I said, well, when they stop saying inches and they start forecasting <laughs> feet, that's right. That's bad. Yes, it is. <laughs> I yeah, said, it oh. is. <laughs> and they just looked at me with the, you know, like, okay, kiss my,
3: Imagine. Yeah.
2: You know, you know a smart, you smart ass. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm just telling you like, well, they did you know, 68. It just, you can work when they say 68 feet, you got a problem. So don't even know if you guys are going to be able to host this game. Right. I mean, that, that would be my, you know, my thing is, is what on earth happens if uh, the town has to, you know, right. down or something like that, just because of, uh, I mean, I realize that the NFL takes priority over anything. Oh my gosh, we know. No what town you're in. I mean, in. we
1: stop, we, we know you, you've, um, you know, I'm on the charter for the team and I mean, it's police escorts and stopping traffic, whatever, matter what city you go to, right? The NFL does take precedent, but yeah, if Orchard park decides like we can't get essential services to the stadium, we can't get security to the stadium. We can't plow. I don't know what the answer is. And I don't know what's going to happen as we sit here today, as we record this, by the way, everybody just to be transparent Wednesday night, um, still nothing, other than game Sunday in Orchard park at 1 PM. I wonder if they could move it down a little bit later in the day, if they have to clear the streets and um, get people in there, but it is something we're monitoring. Something we'll be on top of Um, Daryl. You talk about Chubb and hunt. They are so good. I mean, the run game has been what they've leaned on. These guys are so talented. I did look, it doesn't look like they're necessarily as productive in the run game as of late. Is that just because of score effect? They've had to throw the ball a little bit more.
2: That and the head coach who's calling the plays. (laughs) <laughs>
1: explain buddy.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I I can't fault him for Sunday in Miami just cause that thing got out of hand there in the second half. So, you know, Nick Chubb comes out of that game with five, uh, 11 carries. I think uh, hunt had f- uh, five or six carries, but less than 10 yards total. Um, so they have been, av- that was one of the rare instances and part of the issue in the run game was the offensive line. Um, Jedrick Wills had a tough day. The the left tackle, Jack Conklin, the right tackle, got dinged up a little bit. Wyatt Teller, who had missed a couple of games with a calf injury, he had returned, was out by the second quarter because he re-aggravated it or something. So then they they had to uh, bring someone off the bench who was part of their jumbo package. His uh, name is uh, Yelda Froholt. Uh, <laughs> they, they They threw him in there for Wyatt. And, you know, the, 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 he did a nice job filling it, but Miami was physical and kicked their butt on both sides of the ball at the line of scrimmage. And so when the the defense is hitting those gaps and, and physical up front and getting that type of penetration, I mean, that's one of the few games where you saw Nick Chubb getting hit and tackled on the, you know, first contact. Uh, so it, it was tough sledding in Miami, but overall, like that was the first time I would say in a long time. Where you you were watching it like damn Nick Chubb just is getting nothing today. Uh, he did you know ha, you know s- sneak out uh, for a touchdown, but overall I credit Miami uh, for taking advantage of uh, you know the the Browns offensive line, which was less than a hundred percent. Wyatt Teller's the one that got away.
3: Those, yeah. Why oh, tell her the one that got away, man, everybody in Buffalo is still just befuddled that they ever traded that guy.
2: John Dorsey stole him from you guys. Yeah. I think it was like a seventh round pick that the Browns gave the bills for him. And I remember <laughs> at the time when that trade was made, I was like, okay, I'll you know, just bring in some offensive line depth, seventh round pick, whatever I mm-hmm. that. Then, then all of a sudden this dude turns into a pro bowler. You're seeing him on, you know, I, I'd be, you know, going back and watching the games and be like, Holy crap! This guy's like pulling, and not only is he pulling, but he's taking out like one, two, three, four, five guys a play. I'm just like, damn. <laughs> How is he as a pass blocker, Daryl? He's, he's 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 pretty good. Um, you know, a lot of the 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 pressure on Jacoby Brissett has come from the edges. It's yeah. not come from the interior of the line. It, well, that, I think the it, reason I ask occasion, is,
1: but not, not yeah. on a consistent. Well, the reason I ask is, I think that. And I'm of this belief, but I think of course, why teller, you'd love to have him in Buffalo still. I don't think he'd be what he is here that he is there because it's no. Josh Allen and throwing the football around. And you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's pass protection. It's not, it's not a, you know, pound it run game and maul you, which is great. You know, it'd be great to have him, but I just don't think he would have, been the same fit in this system.
2: Well, and and again, the, the Browns have uh, the hybrid of that Shanahan wide zone blocking yeah. and where pulling is just so important him and Joel Batonio, I think are two of the best guards in the NFL. It's, it, you know, obviously playing offensive line is, is, is difficult. So don't, don't misconstrue right. what I'm about to say, but it, you know, it, it's much easier if all you got to do is just kind of, come out of your stance and block the guy in front of you or, you know, seal your gaps, right? Your A or B gaps. But it's hard when you're having to come up, maybe pop a guy to slow him up and then you retreat. So you can pull to the opposite side, find what gap you're supposed to fill because chubb or hunt or somebody else or the play Brissett, or you know it's coming in your direction and now your job is basically to be an escort and plow the road and you're right the bills don't do anything like that and teller's athleticism really allows him to do that again as well as we see joel betonio do it and look i think betonio if he stays on his current path I think he potentially could be a hall of famer someday and tell her if he is able to, cause he just got a contract extension last year from the Browns. If he's able to have some longevity with his career and be a perennial pro bowler, like Petonio, maybe hall of fame ends up in the conversation as well, but there's a long, you know, he, sure. he, there's a long way to go with that. But, to make Bills fan feel a little bit better about losing a guy like that, when you look, when I watch Buffalo, and obviously you guys are there, so you you you, you know better, and you've alluded to it. But when I watch Buffalo, they don't do a lot of pulling. They it, there's not a lot of zone uh, scheme there. It is just straight up pass protection, straight up basic run blocking, and you know I, I don't know how uh, you know right. Wyatt Keller would fit in that type of a
3: a scheme. Daryl, last one for me. I mean, we, like we said earlier, we have no idea what kind of impact the weather is going to have on this game. Do uh, we'll, we noted? Yeah. Sal and I are going to get there, but what do you think happens? Like, what are you predicting for this game? What are you anticipating happens? I'm predicting the thing gets moved. Oh, I
2: mean, um, I, I am predicting that there's going to be a lot of snow. Um, Hopefully Bill's fan comes out and gets that field cleared off for everybody. And then it just snows like hell again on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. it, and it's, I love snow games. I, I think that they're great. Uh, obviously, I certainly respect all the responders and, and people that have to kind of deal with it and make it safe for everybody. But I just think that those games are fun to play yep. in. Um, and it's also kind of like the great equalizer. I What I'm interested in with Josh Allen's arm is how he's going to be able to maybe to de- deal with If it's windy, you know what I'm saying? How strong is the arm going to be thrown into the wind? But yeah, I, I, I favor the home team. In that regard, just because you guys play in snow, those type of games more often mm-hmm. than the Browns do uh, talking to Browns players in the locker room, Nick Chubb. He's like, I used to watch that stuff on TV and I've been dying to play in one. So I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Jacoby. We asked him, uh, I asked him today how he prepares as a quarterback. He goes, hell if I know I'm from Florida, <laughs> Yeah, but he played, he played in the 2017 snow yeah. game here. He and, did. And, and he made it very clear. Do not ask him about the results of the game. Cause the Bills won <laughs> that game 13 right. to seven. I looked it up. Yeah, oh yeah, Uh, but yeah. So I I think that there's a little bit of an advantage there for the Bills if they do play in the snow. But the Browns to win it, it's got to be with their run game because I I just any game that Jacoby Brissett is forced to get into some sort of a passing throwdown showdown with, that's just not who Jacoby Brissett is. The Browns are a very deliberate ball control style of offense. That's when they are at their best. They can get explosive plays. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I think it was a snow game. It, it, it favors Buffalo because it's just that home field advantage. All
1: like, right. Daryl. Well, if you like, go ahead, man, I'm sorry.
3: Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I just hope that it's nice and toasty in the press box guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll be down in the field. So Daryl quick story. So um, in 2017, the bills played this snow game, Joe Kobe reset and all that. And I'm down in the field. It was so bad. I couldn't see in front of me because the, the, snow was hitting my eyeballs, you know, coming sideways. So I had to kind of put my hands in front of me. So after that game, You know what you need to do right now then, right? You know what? After that game, make sure you have goggles. I bought ski goggles after the game and I, they've been sitting in my house for five years. And the only time I've ever used them is going sledding with my son. That's it. I've never, I don't ski. So I'm going to have my ski goggles ready. So when you see me, when you get there, by the way, safe travels in, I hope you get here. Okay. Hope everything's okay. When you get here though, you will see me in my ski goggles down in the field, I think. So we'll have to <laughs> see that and you'll, uh, you'll be a part of that. I hope you get I, here. Okay. And everybody does though, for sure. I'm, I'm expecting lots of pictures of you and your ski goggles. <laughs> <laughs> you'll see and by the way. If you like snow games, which you said you do watching it on TV, we said we're here on Wednesday night. Now that we're done, go watch Western Michigan, Central Michigan. It is the warm up and tune up for Bill's Browns. Go see it on TV right now. Daryl, thanks for doing this, buddy. We appreciate it. At writer, wrong FAN on Twitter, host of it's always game day in Cleveland. Of course, the fan in Cleveland and Odyssey sister station. Thanks a lot, buddy.
2: Thanks, Daryl. Thanks for having me.